0: Hey, you've made it to SprySpace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the SprySpace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sprite Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and we've got Adrian here today. We are continuing through the month of September on our film review month. So uh, this month uh, we're just reviewing any films, well not all of them, we're reviewing four, four of them around the (laughs) internet or social media. And today Adrian and I are talking about the social dilemma. So this is one that we've talked about a few times on this podcast before, and we're excited to revisit from a new angle. Uh, Adrian, how are you today? I am great.
1: I I like to hear that, I love to hear
0: that. Yeah. Before we get into the meat of it, tell me about a piece of social media content that you've taken in recently that's brought you joy.
1: Well, uh, a piece of social media content that has brought me joy is really this new account that I found on Instagram. It's at Social. they said. Whoever is behind this account is truly a social media manager because every single meme they post is just spot on. Um, For instance, the most recent one is a photo of a man bowing at the end of an acting scene and the, the caption says and scene so the scene is ending right and, and the caption says you know social media managers after a long week of being nice to everyone on the internet
0: <laughs> like you've done your acting job <laughs> end scene you can go home and be a normal human now
1: Yeah. well I haven't told you before and I've told a few people that I see social media management as being like an actor, like you, are performing a role for several different brands all day long, and you, it, you are acting online and and you, in the written form. So yeah, by the time Friday comes around, it's like you are done being nice to people on the internet.
0: <laughs> it's true. I like just do, I like just don't want to have to talk anymore. You know, I, I spend the days teaching people how to not sound creepy, asking questions to strangers on the Internet while they do their presence management. And like then I just don't want to talk to anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, it's true. So anyway, that brings me joy in like a weird way.
0: I you guess. feel seen.
1: I do. I feel seen
0: for sure. And seen. Okay. So um, let's go into the social dilemma. So we've looked at this from a few different angles. Today I want to talk a little bit about the... Um, the amount of representation that is or is not in um, kind of the design and development of these apps and what that means for everybody who uses them. So let's start Mm -hmm. with just who designed and built, you know, these major social media apps that we're using right now. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, Who were the primary designers of these, Adrian?
1: Yeah, before we get into that, Lacey. (laughs) Okay, take me back can we go go back a little bit once one moment okay. um more than 10 years ago I graduated with my bachelor's degree in film and and so I was gonna say that we could bring this even farther back around and talk about film a little bit I mean so the social dilemma I actually didn't look up who created and produced the social dilemma but g- generally with every single time you review a film you know when you're in in the film review world uh, you and any good person who consumes any sort of media, whether it is a film, fiction, or it is a newscast or podcast or anything, you always go back to who made it, Mm. who was the person who made it, right? So when we talk about like, you know, like films and like the the subject matter, we really need to talk about like who created this, right? So when we talk about who created social media, these different, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, all of these.
0: Oh, I guess Google, Ooh. YouTube, mm-hmm. Google,
1: anything in media. And I think that people forget that um, these are creative. Cr- cr- these are imagine- imaginative, creative creations. They're not just, I mean, they are math. They are a bunch of like math equations, but there is a element of a wonderful creativity in all of these apps, right? Um, but I think that people really forget about kind of taking a good look at who created them in the first place. Um, like, you know, when you have artists or filmmakers where people really dive into who created it, who did this with, with technology, sometimes I think the technology is so fascinating and amazing. People are just like, Hey,
0: they like, amazing. That it, they forget yeah. that it was something that was actually had to be thought up and created.
1: Right. By a human. So anyway. So who are primarily part- the humans? <laughs> After that preamble, <laughs> Right. Well, if we want to talk about like the big one, we got Mark Zuckerberg, right, mm-hmm. with Facebook created in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, at Harvard, right? Yep. Um, like you know, think about it when you're in college. Think about when you were in college, Lacey. Like, what was it like in college? Like, what was it like being like 18, 19 years old, and just you know, I cared a lot.
0: I cared yeah. a lot about what other people thought about me. I wasn't sure, you know, I was, I was, it was my first time not being in the security of my family and, and having to be myself for the first time in a big group of people. And I cared a lot about what other people thought about me and the validation of what it meant to get good grades, to look good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> right. And so when we think about
1: Mark Zuckerberg being a young, you know, young man and, and, at harvard and you know he was super smart obviously he's smart he built this this amazing website all that but if you think about it like he his brain wasn't even done forming and he creates this thing that like just catches on and goes goes wild before you know he's even like adult enough to wonder hmm is this even a good idea idea? Mm -hmm. should i do this yeah. No, mm-hmm. it, that did not happen. And so um, this is a great question to kind of like
0: ponder. Yeah. And when you look into um, most of the people, there were there was some other representation on the social dilemma. But uh, the majority of the people who were founding uh, members of these programs, these apps, these startups, as they were at that time, mm-hmm were, I mean, they're primarily white males in their 20s. Um, yes. Even down to the developers, right? The people who are actually writing the code for it every day. They talk about how um, the people who were creating Gmail, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's this group of primarily white male developers, coders, living in Southern California, who as they are writing code, they are impacting a billion people who use uh, that app every day, and yeah. so, how does that lack of representation from a coding standpoint actually inform the user experience?
1: Yeah. Think about it, like Google was created by Stanford computer science graduate students. Um, if you think about Snapchat, Snapchat was invented by like, I think he was still in high school, the mm-hmm. inventor of Snapchat. Um, I can't remember Instagram's founder, but it was bought by, by Facebook. Yeah, it's a very young, white, male, privileged group. Uh, you know, and, and, and if you think about it, you know, everybody has computers now, everyone, you know, if you wanted to create, um, you wanted to code on the internet, you, you need to have certain things, you need to have a certain, um, have, you need to have money to pay for a computer, you know, like, like it's, it is the wonderful thing about the internet is the, the bar is, is rather low for entry. Like you can go to the library and, and be on, be on the internet on the library, but like, let's be real. Let's be honest. Like the people who were building all of these, building everything in the early stages, were already leaps and bounds ahead of many of their, you know, people that are the same age, in regards to um, privilege. In regards to privilege, um, you know, I mean, it, it, you and I went to, both went to college. We have a, a certain level of privilege, privilege as well. Like, I when I grew up, I knew I was going to go to college. I knew, I knew that I would. there's a certain path in life for me and and so when you are constantly in a bubble of people that are always like you or always thinking like you you never you just think that, that the world is like that right you know in 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 these people's minds when they created these apps like they you know in their brains and you know in their bubble like the world I mean why would they not create these things um, they probably had people around them being like, this is amazing. You're awesome. You're creative. It's amazing. And and not really thinking about, you know, questions of accessibility or um, inclusivity or um, it, it's kind of like the world, you know, how cars, for example, more women die in car crashes mm-hmm. because the crash test dummies are made mm-hmm. to be a man size.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. All the all the safety features are design, designed with somebody, one type of person in, in mind. Therefore what if I, somebody doesn't
0: have that 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 same profile it gets left behind. So And what I found a lot, which to be honest is really in line with a lot of um late teens early 20s people mm-hmm. is that the platforms even though today they're used and touted as a, a form of human connection and I mean mm-hmm. that's what we that's what we view when we ask anybody what it's for they use yep. it to connect with people but the 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 thing about it is the people who were creating these in their late teens early 20s weren't creating them for like a gift for humanity to connect with each other it it <laughs> it was bought by investors it was created for profit and people who were using the platform are then dehumanized as users and um revenue generators right yeah they have this line where they talk about the guy who was the director of growth for Facebook um they would talk about it as if there was this dial that like they could turn up monetization a little bit today oh we want more users in Korea today so we're going to dial that up and that Mark was the one holding that dial
1: okay Mm -hmm.
0: so like they're None of the people who are actually using this to connect were thought of as people. They were thought of as users. They were thought of as something that was generating profit. Um, yeah.
1: No, I mean, in that kind of, uh, it's almost like you know this this thing is created has been created by some by people who uh, you know aren't completely like spiritually mature, developed or mature. You know, like yeah, we we are all numbers to them. Um, where are we are, every little piece of data for us is a way for them to make money. Yes. Like, that's it. Like, they have, um, they have monetized all of our data. So, you know, honestly, like, the fact that, like, you know, people commit suicide, they commit, um, they have low, low self-esteem, we have mental health issues, we have all of these, uh, um, we have conspiracy theory groups, we have, um, you know... All of all of these big questions that come out of social media, like they don't. I mean, that's like, oh, like that just comes with the territory of mm-hmm. like getting all this fun data. Like that's just like part of part of it, you know. Um, and and one thing that I think was really interesting, I remember back back in the day, back probably like two thousand eight, two thousand seven. I can't remember when, but um, you know, there, there was this point at, F- at Facebook where it was like you have this like questions of constitution, constitutionality, right? Like Facebook could go in and decide to, um, shut down certain, um, types of communication, certain, certain types of expression. They do that now. They've always done that, but they could have been a lot more, had a lot more stronger stance on certain behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? But then you have like, you know, the first amendment freedom of speech, you have all of these, uh, legal, like constitutional questions involved, um and it almost was kind of like a point where it was like they could have just been like you know what this has been a fun activity we're just we're just going to stop
0: mm-hmm.
1: but this is this is like this is you know we're going to start getting into this like of us being the police for this information and we're going to basically decide that you know this we're we're not um liable for anything that you all do on here um and so they kind of created this this uh environment where you know our they they didn't have to um police anything um but there was kind of this moment where i remember i do remember it happening where they were just like well you know they had to make a choice whether to keep on going or to to stop or like Mm -hmm. you know make it not
0: as profitable right And, you know, as we talk about this in some of our social media for good forums, I've seen a couple times in the chat section of people who are attending other social media managers write in the question, which I'm gonna pose to you now, which is, if this is true, you know, we're using this as a form of human connection, there's so much complication in it, um, and it it wasn't made uh, with humans really in mind. Are we better off without it? it? would we be better without it okay what what do you think should should social media have gone by the wayside would we be better off without it where do we where do we go from here what do you think
1: well i think from a uh health standpoint yeah i think we are better off ourselves of without social media the the uh, aggravating part is that you can't like you can't you can't uninvent it it's here it, you mm-hmm. can't uninvent uninvent it, un- un-invent it. Uh, a quick little story. My husband and I were driving up in the mountains this weekend, uh, in the Pacific Northwest here, and um, there's a section of the highway that we were on where the Pacific Crest Trail goes through. So the PCTs um, goes from Canada all the way down to New Mexico, and you have these folks PCT PCTers right, and they take months out of their um, year and they hike the whole thing. Cheryl Strayed has a whole book on it um, called Into the Into the Wild, I believe. Anyway. Uh, I think it's called Wild. No, it's not into the wild. Anyway, okay. It's a whole thing. Um and we pitched we picked up a hitchhiker and he was obviously a hiker. Like he was a PCT fellow and he was getting it uh, right into town. He got new uh boots shipped to him from like his parents. He was going to the local post office in this little mountain town. And so we pick up this guy and he was delightful. He was amazing. And we drive into this little mountain town and he was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing and he was telling us all these stories about how this whole trip for him had restored his faith in the humanity and part of me wonders after talking to him was that he he had to be present every single day like being out on on the trail you have to be present you don't have hours of scrolling and comparing yourself and thinking about what you're going to buy and, and thinking about like your future, like worrying about your five-year plan. Like you don't do that at all. When you're backpacking, you're literally in the moment. Right. Um, and he was just like, so he was just such a, it was such a breath of fresh air. And he, um, yeah, he said that this whole trip for him had restored his faith in humanity and he thanked us. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's what it's like without social media. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I do think it would be a better place without it. The
0: I, is how. I, I do think there are s- quite a few pieces, though, that make me argue the opposite, which is that, I mean, social media has brought in so much. It really has brought in so many people who have been isolated in the past. You know, people in domestic violence situations, people who... Um, are in other countries that don't have access to um, community or information around their health and whatnot and has brought that information to them and a sense of community to people who haven't had it. And so I would argue that that I would rather social media stay. I would just rather it be different. Right. So, yeah. and, and that leaves us with where there are a couple options, right? Mm-hmm. Do we keep social media exactly as it is? Do we get rid of com- it completely or could we redesign it in a way that was actually beneficial and human focused instead of profit focused?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I,
1: well, that's the only way out of this. We can't uninvent it. We can't get rid of it. Um, I, I do think at this point, you know, I say it, it would be better without social media. It would but I do also feel like, you know, you always see on social media like people um, announcing, I'm taking a hiatus from social media. I'm just logging out. Oh, yes. With the social right? media post. Yes, with the social <laughs> media post. Like, if you want me, I will, you know, I will only log in once a week now and like announcing their new social media like habits for the world to see, which is fine. I mean, sometimes you need to have new habits, that's fine. Um, but, but I do think that there's a certain level of privilege that comes with that too. Like, mm. you are privileged enough. Like, you have a job that doesn't rely on social media. Like, you have a secure, um, you don't have to watch the news every single day. You don't have, you're not a, you know, person of color. You're not a um, marginalized person. You are um, not at war. There's certain things where you're like, you are privileged enough that you're just like, I am not going to be here. I'm not going to show up as like a potential leader within the space, Right. You're just going to, like, leave and then come back, which is fine. You have to, like, protect your mental health. Like, you have to do that. But I do think that there is, obviously, you need to be on there and come off. But it's kind of a responsibility, too. Like, I I kind of feel like we need um, responsible adults to come into the room and, like, kind of help lead the way. Because right now it's a trash mess.
0: Yeah, you can, you know, if you have the privilege to just wash your hands of it and, and walk away, that that is a privilege. Um, if you are marginalized, this is a space where you're creating forward w- momentum for the causes that are bringing you closer to equality. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we, you know, from users, we only have so much we can do, right? So we can show up, like you're saying, as digital leaders and we can you know, take in information and we can try to help the people who we know and love to not be, uh, be hit with misinformation. Mm-hmm. We can talk about causes that are important and not just pumpkin spice latte season. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think it takes something from a programmer and coding standpoint that would actually make a difference here, like more better representation in mm-hmm. these businesses. Would you agree? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, think about it. Like Google goes to college campuses like you know uc campuses they go to uw campuses they go directly to very good schools they go directly to those four-year colleges they recruit computer science kids directly out of those um schools and so people who are already privileged enough to go have a university education which a four-year university in america right now you know we all know it's um very (laughs) expensive uh, and so you, you you basically have this pipeline of people who, you know, obviously are super smart and that's awesome. And I know they worked super hard to get there, but they don't have any other. It, it's like th- that that is the only pool of people they're getting. Like like predominantly people from higher education that goes straight into their pipeline for you know, programmers and developers. And I believe I know that that that, that we can do better. The amount of knowledge and brilliance of of the young people of America like like from all backgrounds from all high schools and schools they could easily easily learn how to um, learn simple developer coding, programming be on UX teams be on research teams Um, I mean Instagram already makes a ton of money off of young Instagram influencers (laughs) you know selling Mm -hmm. stuff but, like, why do they have, like, people, like, building it that are, mm-hmm. you know, come from various backgrounds? They they need to have diverse a diverse uh, workforce. And the thing about that is, like, that doesn't, like, diversity, equity, and cl- inclusion, all of those efforts that they do that can seem performative, like, for me, are performative until you actually can say, oh, our entire workforce represents, like, the country, which is mm-hmm. very diverse. Like, I just... I don't know. It's just like for for me and just like you have to find young talent, not from specific places that are just kind of like, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop because like the cream of the crop have been there. They're there for certain reasons. like you
0: know. Yeah. And then also just being so mindful of who's in leadership positions. Right. Who are all yeah. of these directors of. Uh, of departments that are making the decisions that trickle down there. You know, it it doesn't matter if the people that are just doing what they're told, well, it does matter, but it matters (laughs) as well to make sure that people who are in these higher director type positions are also much more reflective of the actual user base, the community Mm
1: -hmm. that this
0: business is built around and uses and stands upon the back of. Exactly.
1: Not only do we need developers and uh, you know the people that are building the thing to be diverse, uh, we also need to understand that like you know the technology surrounds us. It really does. I mean, we have um, we have the you know uh, the Internet of Things is what they call it, right? They have the um, smart thermostats. You have everyone. Everyone has a little camera on their door, right? Everybody. We don't need to put cameras like, you know, how people were, like, worried about, like, uh, Orwell or whatever, Big Brother watching you, and they're going to come and watch you. We've already put them in our house voluntarily. Like, mm-hmm. it's already there. There's, like, all of these very uh, interesting parts of technology that are, like, ingrained into our life, and, like, now how do we kind of get extricate out of that? The, the, the thing that I think is lost and hasn't – I think that they try, like – at the end now the last couple years that they've they've tried to like patch it up but like philosophically and ethically do they have like a head philosopher or a Mm. person who is like ethics uh director or maybe a third party maybe an outside third party that like Mm. comes in and is just like hey do you think we really need this feature do we think we really need facebook for children which they were trying to develop like like they announced a couple of weeks ago like Do we think that this is a good idea
0: (laughs) i even think i even think if there was like a an ethicist or a philosophist on staff this whole (laughs) you know in the last six months where apple did the new update that allows you to just all it does is it allows you to choose if you want to be tracked on other apps Mm -hmm. okay so it says it pops up and it says allow or ask app not to track which basically is that facebook was using any open apps and getting data from all of those other apps and your activity on all of those other apps to better serve your ads right and so they're so terrified there was this huge six-month campaign against apple about how this was going to negatively impact small businesses who focus on the advertising of Facebook. And it's like, you are so, uh, you've pushed yourself so into a corner that if you don't get this exorbitant amount of data from Mm -hmm. people, um, you're so scared of people having choice, Mm -hmm. like make a product that people will choose to push that button. Don't, don't do this whole smear campaign against Apple for giving people the option to choose how does that make sense philosophically yeah yeah that makes me very mad i say no to all of them i mean i don't know what other people do but like i'm happy i'm happy with getting some ads that could be less perhaps less relevant to me right um and choosing which apps i'm giving my data through
1: yeah well, I don't know if they've gotten a w- around this, but years ago, you know how when you have an app, you download an app, and then it says, you know, log in with your email mm. or log in with Facebook. You you can like use the the same login kind of token of like Facebook or Google or whatever. If you use like the Facebook token, I mean that just gives them even more data mm-hmm. for you. So like, um, so like every single app, you know, if you if you have like let's say. 20 apps on your phone that you use all the time that could be potentially 20 different portals into your life that facebook has access to for like 20 different things like you know shopping maybe you have a fitness tracker maybe you have um and not only is like the fitness tracker company tracking your data but also facebook is tracking your data and also like google is tracking your data so it's just like and at a certain point like they're gonna get it like that's the thing though at A certain point, they're gonna get it. They're going to get it anyway because all of us are trying to keep up with like what they're doing, and they have a they have squadrons, like I'm saying, squadrons of people, developers coming in that like all they do is like try to figure out how to like
0: and I th- get I your think, stuff. <laughs> I think maybe one of the most frustrating things for me as we're talking about this is it is such a colonial mindset. It's mm-hmm. like how do we take over? as much as possible and profit as much as possible off other people. And from a philosophical standpoint, the the human beings we know in our hearts that our job is to serve and love and connect. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what it is that that creates this colonial mindset overall where where people are trying to control and squeeze other people for their mm-hmm. benefit. Yep. You don't know what that is? I don't. I don't. Because it's not. I mean, I was going to say it's not in me, but I'm sure that there are lots of ways that it is. And I'm just, you know, not as aware of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But the fact that I asked the question, I think, is a difference.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's just capitalism straight Mm -hmm. up. But uh, but I think that uh, there's this fascinating book um, that I'm reading called The uh oh gosh now I, now i'm blanking on the the name of it but basically it talks about how uh data our online data is like a whole new basically a uh, wild west of of capitalism where there you know it's like an un, unending well of wealth as long as you can pick those data points mm. um and the amount of data that all of these companies have on us is isn't astounding. I mean, even if like even if you have a flip phone these days, even if you have a flip phone and you're you're not like connected to the internet like as like a, a Facebook user, let's say, um, again, how many times have you been on someone else's like ring light or um not ring, but um the uh nest. Nest. Yes. The nest. If you are a a delivery driver, if you are um have ever been in a public like you know, Walmart or, um, just any public space, like how many, and, and the ability to recognize faces, even if you don't have an account on Facebook, Facebook probably knows that you exist.
0: Well, because they've already bought (laughs) all of the credit card data. And Uh so, so, you know, they know what people purchase. They know when people purchase things, Um, from where people purchase things and as soon as you create account then they can they can tie those things together but you're totally right yep also
1: I mean Facebook can triangulate like you know let's say you and I had a friend who did not have Facebook at all but we both had their number in our phones so Facebook now knows we have you know Jane um Jane Smith you know Lacey and Adrian have Jane Smith and her phone number is this number and Facebook is, is going to be like, okay, well, whenever that profile fitting that description, you know, um, ha- gets a new Gmail address or, you know, somehow, it, it, they can link up so many things. And then it can also figure out, okay, well, like, these three people with these three cell phone numbers are all in the same place geographically. They all know. They know everything. It's... I just... It's just like I wish I could scream at people how um, creepy it is, truly creepy on so many and, levels.
0: <laughs> and there are other ways of doing things. You yes. know, like um, I know you and I were both reading the book Braiding Sweetgrass right now, mm-hmm. which talks immensely about um, kind of the indigenous ideology of the law of reciprocity, which
1: uh-huh. basically
0: means when you give and serve and work together with other um, could be plant species, could be animal species, could be human species. When you give uh, without expectation and you work together, um, then you get back. It, it it's like yeah. the opposite of capitalism, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and that worked for people. It that has the capacity to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so so this idea of capitalism that. That has caused so many humans to be turned into users and profit mm-hmm. generators. Um, yep. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be that way. But in order for it not to be that way, there has to be other people inside the systems that are that are being created and and mm-hmm. taking so much control of us here.
1: And they have to. They have to give up. They have to. They have to give it up. They have to give up something that they really love. Uh they uh, yeah, no, it's so it's so, so true. And we can't we can't have this technology. Like, you know, it's like it's like that's the crazy thing. These are just made up of ones and zeros. yes. <laughs> <laughs> like we are mm-hmm. the ones that put on all of our uh, philosophies, all of our user experience, um, behavior, all of our, um, you know, ingrained, you know, all of our ignorant ideologies, we're the ones that, that put that in here. But this mm-hmm. is really just a bunch of ones and zeros. So we mm-hmm. can really do whatever we wanted
0: to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's keep talking about it, you know. I'm imagining yeah. and, and, and inspiring. I hope we can just keep inspiring the young people who are coming up in this generation too. to
1: mm-hmm. to
0: at least we're waking up to the destructive nature of things and yeah. and perhaps we can have the next generation solve all our problems. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I think lastly, I think the other thing that we really need is we need younger people in politics mm. um, that have that, ha- that help shape policy around digital, the digital realm. Um, Cause there's like, you know, we could argue, you and I could argue about like regulation, whether or not that's good or bad or whatever. But I will say that there are people right now who are making decisions and policies on the digital world that haven't, they don't know, they have no, like, I mean, how could they, I mean, you and I barely know. And we're literally, this is all we do for work. So it's like, I I think that's why it, it scares me so much is that there is this like, um, these kind of these like these uh what the high castles of like of of people that control so much and we don't really even comprehend it and then we have other people that are trying to like maybe do something good and um or 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 bring some um some egalitarianism to it but um um anyway i just think that there should be a better representation all around um for that, but especially for digital reasons. Like, that'd be great if there were some uh, millennials.
0: <laughs> yeah. That were helping to shape policy. I agree. That's like more. Think. Mm-hmm. Bring more technical understanding into legislature. That'd be
1: great for everything. Because, I mean, honestly, politicians don't know very much about a lot of things that
0: they rule on, but that's just my opinion. I'll just. Well. I feel like we talked around all the issues as much as we possibly could. We <laughs> you know? really I don't did. know if we really make movement on anything in what we're saying, but you know, at least we've talked around the issues.
1: And also we did not really specifically talk about the film, uh, The Social Dilemma, but this was a great tangent to go off of inspired by The Social Dilemma. And we did start with a framework of like
0: talking about like all of this stuff as who, who the creators are. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the the actual Netflix special, The Social Dilemma, yeah. you know, we have a couple other podcasts that we talk about it. So if you're looking at Sprite Space podcast on whatever your um, podcast uh, place is, you can search The Social Dilemma in our episodes and find some of these as well. So I want to close out with our last question, which is, uh, how are you doing with social media? If our focus is social media for good and we're trying to move all sorts of different issues forward, it doesn't help much unless we're kind of moving our personal issues forward too. So
1: how Mm are you doing
0: with social media right now? I'm doing really
1: well. Uh, I recently have moved to a new living situation. Uh, My husband and I are building a house, but it's not finished yet. So right now we're living with family and it's a little bit chaotic. And so I have really leaned into the things I've learned, I think, during the COVID times. I've really kind of really created some new routines for myself and tried to to take care of myself mentally. And that really means um, I have you know, your priorities of things that you need to do. And right now my prior, I'm figuring out my routines for my priorities. And I just realized the other day, I'm like, man, I haven't really been on social media that much because I'm with my family a lot more and which is amazing Um, but I'm also like taking care of other things like you know my pets and my exercise and um, making good meals and all that so it it takes a little bit longer because we're getting into a new routine but that also means that it's less social media time and I realized that 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 was pretty
0: good. You've done such yeah. a good job. You've been such a good example to everybody as Bri, I think. You know, when we started coming up with what some of these good positive mental health boundaries were for social media, you've implemented them and kept them for going on a year now. And that's been huge. It's been it's been huge. You've been a good example to, to me too. So thank Aww,
1: you. Aw, well thanks, Lacey. I think it really hit home when my eyes started to just get super tired. And I'm just like, man, I'm in my thirties. Like, I can't keep on my, – my eyeballs cannot do this. I need to – something needs to happen because I like my eyes. I like them. <laughs> They're pretty awesome.
0: The, the <laughs> philosophist and ethicist in your head was like, I think something should change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can't go on the way we're going on, so – well, if you enjoyed yep. this and you want to keep talking about it with us, you can find us in Spry Space, uh, which is our Facebook group. Yep. Um, you can follow us on any of our social channels at Think Spry. Um, you could just like meditate for 10 minutes and like, um, you know, the answers of the world might come to you. Yeah, um- we'll I know what you think. <laughs> you can also check out we just launched a course called social media on purpose which one of the big things that bring good mental health is just making sure that we're doing our social media job on purpose we're not flopping around wondering what is and is going to be successful and this this can help you a lot so yeah adrian thank you so much for your time and for chatting with me for a while and uh thank you those of you who are listening and we hope that you are using social media for good and that you will keep learning Keep I on think. going. Bye. Bye. This SprySpace Space podcast is brought to you by Spry Social Media Marketing. Digital Marketing Agility. Edited by Chad Hinman and executive produced by Lazy Fault.